0: Yes. Well, thank you for the organizers for giving me an opportunity to present our project about new biomarkers in a novel antibody drug conjugate for triple negative breast cancer. So this is my um, disclosure. And this is the overview of the talk uh, today. So I would start with what antibody drug conjugate is. And among this category of drug, we are particularly interested in a drug called Sassituzumab-Govidekin. So our primary interest of our project is to identify the biomarkers that may select the patients who benefit from this drug, particularly in the context of triple negative breast cancer and to recapitulate the intrinsic pathways or targets that would synergize with this drug to kill the cancer cells. And uh, I started this project last year and I'm hoping to introduce you the, uh, the approaches that we took to dissect how this drug works. So triple negative breast cancer is a heterogeneous group of tumor lacking estrogen receptors, progesterone receptors, and HER2 amplification, which constitutes 15 to 20% of all breast cancers. And while well, clinically it affects younger and African patients more, and it, um, it is usually an aggressive tumor with a median survival of one year from the time of metastasis. So it frequently displays homologous recombination deficiency and high genomic instability that may predict the response to the DNA-damaging agent, such as platinum. Well, the, based on the genomic well, profile, the Lehman's group categorized the triple negative breast cancer into six subtypes. But the challenge is challenge is that these subtypes overlap with each other and the subtype specific treatment strategy is still being investigated. So while developing the better therapeutics for triple negative breast cancer has been definitely a clinical unmet need. So among the, the investigational drugs for triple negative breast cancers, we were particularly interested in antibody drug conjugate so, um, the antibody drug conjugate is composed of an antibody directed to the cancer-specific antigens uh, conjugated with the potent cytotoxic payload by a linker. So, although much progress has been made in the past few decades, well, brent vedotin and TDM1 were the only commercially available ADCs until last year. So... Um, Well, as we see 150 investigational or ADCs in development, well, the success of the drug critically depends on choosing the right target as well as how to engineer the drug. So as of October this year, there are seven drugs in phase three trial for solid tumors, and sarsitism of is one of the advanced. Well, advanced stage for, well, in terms of the drug approval. So, Sassitism of or another name, IMMU-132, is an antibo- anti-TROP2 antibody conjugated with SN38, which is an active metabolite of irenotecan, a potent DNA damaging agent, um, conjugated by a linker, the pH-sensitive cleavable linker. So SN38 is a moderately toxic drug, well, rather than ultra-toxic drug, but the average 7.6 molecules are conjugated with the antibody, making it possible to reach the sufficient drug concentration in the cancer cells. So how does this drug, well, antibody-drug conjugate work? So the most well-characterized mechanism of action is a selective delivery, So the antibody drug conjugate is administered by the the IV injection and it finds and binds the target antigen and gets internalized by the receptor-mediated endocytosis and traffic to endosome to lysosome and release the payload upon cleavage of the linker while triggered by the environmental cues such as low pH in lysosome. The other mechanisms were suggested in the previous report. For example, TDM1 is an antibody-dependent cellular cytotoxicity which natural killer cells recognize and kill the cancer cells by activating the cascade of cytotoxic granules. And another well mechanism is a bystander killing effect where the free drugs will cross the plasma membrane and kill the neighboring cells regardless of the presence or absence of the target antigen. So we are now going back to Sasitism of govitec and one IMMU 132. Well, TROP2, well where is, so where is TROP2 and what does it do? So TROP2 is a transmembrane glycoprotein which is initially identified as an invasive Well, trophoblast cells in placenta back in the early 80s. So since then, the research was focused on its role in tumor xenosis because it is highly expressed in many epithelial cancers, including triple-negative breast cancers. And, uh, well, TROP2 is a calcium signal transducer that depends on a specific protein kinase C phosphorylation site. And functionally, it has multifaceted role in regulating cell proliferation, migration, and cell renewal with a higher expression in cancer cells compared to the normal cells, while making it an attractive target for antibody drug conjugate. So, um, well, on the left table, well, the TROP2 expression assessed by FACS really varies, well, among the triple-negative breast cancer cell cell lines, from the lowest expression, 32,000, to 300,000, or just among the breast cancer cells. And from the human samples, archival FFP specimens, well, TROP2-IHC staining was related with a poor prognosis in the breast cancer cohort. So SN38, is a potent topoisomerase-1 inhibitor, which is the payload of the antibody drug conjugate. And SN38 binds reversibly to the topoisomerase-1 cleavage complex on DNA, and it slows down DNA relegation by interfacial inhibition mechanism, which leads to S-phase-specific cell death. So this interfacial inhibition principle was confirmed by the X-ray crystallography, um, that demonstrated the camptothesin, which is a similar analog to SN38, stacking against the nucleotide and forming the hydrogen bond network with the enzyme. So um, both SN38 and IMMU-132 was reported to generate the proapidotic signaling in breast cancer cells, SN38 seem to be a critical component of the antibody drug conjugate to generate the cellular response. So IMMU132 um, in in, in vivo mice model bearing mdmb 46 a triple-negative cell lines, well, it showed the significant tumor regression compared to the irinotecan or the control ADC, even though the SN38, well, the amount of SN38 produced by irinotecan was 15-fold higher. And even when the tumor grew well, to one centimeter cubic, um, it still was sensitive to IMMU 132 when the, the treatments were switched from the control ADC to IMMU 132, suggesting that the tumors were, well, even larger tumors were sensitive to this drug. So the clinical activity of IMMU 132 was evaluated in a single arm phase two trial for metastatic triple negative breast cancers. So 110 patients were enrolled in this study, and 60% of the patient had four or more prior therapies as a metastatic setting, which is pretty heavily treated population. And uh, well, most patients had prior anthracycline, taxons, as well as platinum. So the clinical, well, the response rate of this drug was 31% with six CRs and 28 PRs, and the median progression-free survival was 5.5 months, and overall survival was 12.7 months, which quite favorably compares with the historical data of the late-line therapy for metastatic triple-negative therapy, which typically shows 12% response in less than three months progression-free survival. So I will quickly go through the um, IMMU-132 in clinical trials in other cancer subtypes. So the, in, generally, the breast cancer and urothelial cancer, cancer had about 30% of response rates, whereas lung cancer, the response rate was somewhere between 15 to 20%. So this probably is due to the chemo-resistant nature of the disease itself, and particularly in the small cell cancer, thirty percent of the patient had a prior topotecan therapy, which is another topoisomerase one inhibitor. So that may contribute to um, for the tumors to acquire the resistance to DNA damaging agents. So there are some unanswered questions regarding IMMU-132. So is drop-2 expression predictive of response? And what are the tumor-intrinsic pathways or phenotypes predictive of response? And what kind of combination therapy strategies might be employed to, um, to overcome the resistance? So I started, well, looking into the relationship with TROP-2 expression in cancer cell lines and uh, the IMMU-132 sensitivity. So on the left panel, the TROP-2, well, moderate to strong expression of TROP-2 from the archival specimens from the patients who participated in the phase two trial um, showed the survival benefit. However, on the right figure, where I manually plotted the IC50 value of IMMU-132 with the TROP2 expression by FACS, well, in the previous reports, well, it seems that the lower range of TROP2 expression is disadvantageous, well... Although, well, the higher expression of TROP2 does not necessarily guarantee the sensitivity to the drug. So, which indicate that TROP2 expression, well, as a single factor, may not be the very sensitive predictor of the response to this drug. So we started look into the publicly available database for well, genomics of drug sensitivity project at MGH and we started looking at the SN38 IC50 values well by the breast cancer subtypes. So um, triple-negative breast cancer, subty- well, each, each plot represents the well, IC50 values of the individual cell line. And triple-negative breast cancer well, seems to respond better to SN38 compared to the luminal cancers. And also, I well, looked at the triple-negative breast cancer subtypes. And, well, the the numbers are small to conclude, but the basal 1 subtype in mesenchymal subtypes seems to have the most sensitive cell lines as a group, which makes sense that the basal 1 and mesenchymal subtypes kind of share the signature of high genomic instability, thus responding to the DNA-damaging agents. So now I also went to the publicly available database, to see these major genetic alterations might will make a difference in the sensitivity to SN38. So again, I didn't see any statistical significance in any of these genetic alterations. As I narrowed down to the triple negative breast cancer cell lines in the lower panel, well, numerically BRCA1 wild type and BRCA2 mutants, and P53 wild type responded better to the SN38. So it seems that BRCA1 or 2 may not be really a critical determinant for SN38 or either IMMU132 as much as it does to the PARP inhibitor. So at least in vitro. So then I looked into the the, the clinical samples um, from the patients who participated in the phase two trial, well, in the triple for the t- triple negative breast cancer treatments, and we were. Well, collected the data from the mgh patients and Faba patients so we had 35 patients and objective response rate was 31.4% which is consistent with the entire cohorts. and well from this table we saw that the pres well the, the absence of prior platinum and interestingly the absence oh, i'm sorry well the absence of prior platinum in the presence of immunotherapy will numerically responded better to IMMU132. And germline BRCA mutation was not very frequent, only one BRCA1 one mutant and who didn't respond to the therapy. And from the snapshot results of the somatic mutation status, the PIK3CA wild-type responded better to the treatment, well, numerically. So as we wanted to identify the predictive biomarkers, we identified and collected 71 FFP specimens from 27 patients who participated in the IMMU phase 2 trial. And we extracted the total nucleic acid and for the DNA holics and sequencing and uh, it's, which is in the progress now. And we also constructed the tissue microarray for the immunohistochemistry staining. And also we have well, pre- and post-matching specimens which may provide us well, how the resistance was acquired by well, over time. So now I'm switching a gear to the combination well, therapy strategy for IMMU 132, and go through some published work. So the first one is a PARP inhibitors. And the original hypothesis was that, well, with the top one poison by SN38, in PARP block it, well, of homologous recombination repair, well, deficiency, as well, in the BRCA-deficient tumor, might generate even greater tumor response. And in this paper published well in last year by the company which manufactures IMMU-132, will show that, well, the answer was yes, that the combination showed the most significant tumor regression will compared to the single agent but it was shown that regardless of the BRCA mutation status, well, the combination was better than the single agent. Again, suggesting that the BRCA mutation status may not be really well critical for IMMU to determine its sensitivity. So another combination idea was coming from the Dr. Pomier's group. well, the the combination partner here, published was um, ATR inhibitor, which ATR is a checkpoint regulator, which gives long, which gives the cell a damage longer time to repair by arresting cell cycle. And what they did was they did the siRNA screening, and ATR R was the top hits, and they also verified the result with the well. In vitro and also in vivo model, that ADR inhibition, as well as the well, in this case taken showed a tumor pro, well, tumor regression compared to the single agents. But these um, individual concept of synthetic lethality with well either IMMU132 or. Topoisomerase one inhibitors are helpful to come up with the best combination partners, but this is not comprehensive. So as we wanted to comprehensively screen the combination partner target, we decided to do the CRISPR-Cas9 screening. And uh, for those of you who are not very familiar with CRISPR-Cas9, it is an innovative gene editing technology which enabled precise but in the large-scale interrogation. So the Cas9 endonuclease and guide RNAs will recognize the target DNA site, which is homology to the guide RNA sequence. And it cleaves the double-stranded DNA break, and the DNA break will be repaired by um, error-prone, homolog... Um, um, error-prone non-homologous end-joining, which result in indels that will be exploited to the mutational, well, the knockout mutation. So this is the schematic overview of our screen. So we start from generating Cas9 cells, and we infect the cells with a lentiviral pool of guide RNA library. In our case, we are infecting with the whole genome library, which contains 20,000 genes with 80,000 perturbations. And after infection and puromycin selection, the cells will be split into DMSO arm as a control, and IMU132 arm for the treatments. Well, and well, those cells will be cultured for 12 to 15 cell doublings. And well, from the initial population and the final population, the cells will be harvested, and the genomic DNA will be extracted in the comparison of guide RNA abundance while using gen- well genomic, the deep sequencing will be determined. So there are some considerations about this whole genome screening and also in the negative screen. So particularly in the negative screen, it is very important to keep the library Representation, so it is usually encouraged to at least maintain the 500 representation, meaning that we have 80,000 guys and we need 500 representation per guys. So meaning that we need 40 million cells per replicate would be maintained throughout the screen, which is a lot of cells and a lot of flasks, and uh, the the other well considerations is that we are going to treat the cells with the drug concentration with ic20 values to avoid the inhibition of the cell proliferation and also we are thinking of doing pulsing treatment with 24 hours on drug and 48 hours off drug treatment to avoid the effect by non specific sn38 release So we started asking what would be the model that is very biologically relevant to the disease and whether if it's screenable. So we picked up MDA-MB468, which has the basal 1 subtype, which is quite representative as a triple negative breast cancer, and which has the P53 mutation. And from the previous reports, we know that it expresses TROP2. And since we were rather interested in the sensitive model than the resistant models that may have many non well known undruggable resistant, undruggable hits, so we, we, we will confirm that the 468 was rather sensitive to both IMMU and SN38. And also we verified that the doubling time was 35 hours, which is quite fast, and fast enough to screen. And also, well, we started searching, well, in the Western blotting, to see if any of these DNA-damaging markers would serve as a good readout of the drug effect. So we use the SN38 here, and so far, the gamma-82AX and phosphorylated junk seems to be the good, well, candidates for the readouts. And, again, in the 468, we verified that we see that, well, the ATR inhibitor and the PARP inhibitor generates, well, rather moderate, well, synergistic effect with SN38. But we are hoping to identify the noble target from the CRISPR screen. So as we are working on the development assays to optimize the conditions for the screen, um, I will show you here that what the hypothesized distribution of log fold change in guide RNA presentations. So as the fraction of the cells will drop out, well due to the selection pressure by the drug, so in each clone will be identified by the PCR amplification of the integrated unique barcode. And at the end of, well, the, the sequencing, we would see this S curve, and hopefully to identify the, the, from the negative screen, so we see the difference of abundance of guide RNA, and at the end of the tail, we are hoping to identify the novel targets with IMMU 132. So as future directions, we would um, do the validation by custom library which contains more guide RNAs per gene which gives us much greater confidence from the answers that we get from the primary screen, and also we would continue with the in vitro validation by using the genetically manipulated cells, as well as the pharmacological combination, and eventually in vivo validation by the xenograft mouse model and PDX mouse models, which is a very long process to get to the final, well, conclusions. So to summarize, Well, sasitism of govidekin demonstrated the significant clinical activity in triple negative breast cancer. And we are hoping to identify the predictive biomarkers in tumor, which will be analyzed by whole exon sequencing and RNA-seq and IHC staining. And CRISPR-Cas9 knockout screening will be employed to identify synthetic lethal targets of IMMU-132 for potential candidates of combination therapy. So, I'd like to conclude my presentation by thanking Dr. Leif Ellison and Dr. Aditya Bardia for the, their wonderful mentorship, and Shen Sun for his help in the, the project in the lab, and Dennis Roy for the pathology review, and uh, Getty Getz for the whole exome sequencing project collaboration. And with that, I well, thank you for your attention and happy to take any questions. Any questions? We have time for one question. Maybe to, uh, I go, what about 12.2 itself as a The the expression could be heterogeneous, especially in the solid well tumors. So, well, there would be like a high well hot spots as well, not that high. And that's universally the one of the challenges for antibody drug conjugate for solid tumors. The for the hematology malignancy would be more homogeneous. It's surprising that uh, the level of the antigen doesn't correlate with the response. Are there some cells that don't express help at all, or? Is... So I I think yes. Well, well, just to think about it. Well, well, the TROP2 antigen expression should be a very straightforward for the sensitivity of the drug, but it's not, well, for some cases it is not, so it's probably due to the heterogeneous expression of TROP2, as well as, well, because the antibody drug conjugate has a very sequence of events, well, in the mechanisms of action, so there are many other factors that would influence the sensitivity, and antigen expression may not be a single factor to determine the sensitivity.